Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Luke Anderson, astronaut. A man barely interesting. I just picture you sitting on the rail at a strip club eating a Lunchable. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. I I love you, but you're saying that this little old man, this dude was a clean 6'6". We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland. On Saturdays, about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show. Better than they were before. Sportsier, funnier, more Labradoodles. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey. Map and 1080thefan.com. Hey, 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 happy Saturday morning, all you beautiful Portland listeners. I hope you're having a wonderful start to your Father's Day weekend. Let's check in with the most important man, Will Darkens. What's happening, What's happening, man? What is the word? You know, you threw a little bit of Matt Albert in. Hey, hey, hey. You did on I your, did. your did. opening little... line of the show. You uh, said, you know what? I'm going to throw Fat Albert in here. You know, why not? Why? What has Fat Albert ever done to anybody now that I'm thinking about who voiced that? I'm realizing what I'm saying. Who's that? Really? Do you don't know? It's Keenan Thompson. Did Keenan get canceled? No, 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 no. Fat Albert is a cartoon from our childhood voiced by the once beloved Bill Cosby. And well. Code Red! Yeah. Yeah. Um, you knew that. You knew that. No, I know. I knew that. Okay. Uh, you know, something that's interesting about Fat Albert is um, I didn't quite get the appeal. Like, and why did kids get the appeal? What are you talking about? Like, why do kids gravitate towards a very large fat man with a baritone voice? Ooh. I'm not saying I don't, because I love it. Sure. But the kids, I remember as a kid, not you know, I wasn't thinking like, boy, I sure wish I could see a fat guy on TV. Uh, is your child watching? Uh, you're probably doing no screen time for your young, None. what, 14-month-old child? This is how I take care of my child. I put him in a room. I throw like two John Steenbeck novels at him. Yeah. And then he just he just stares at him. Isn't it and Steinbeck? So I said Steenbeck. Isn't it Steinbeck? Yeah. Okay. John Steenbeck. You're trying to sound smarter by mispronouncing it? See that pinky? I'm trying to sound dumb. Um here's what you're going to discover when you start putting your child down in front of a television. Mm. First thing you're gonna do is be like, <laughs> buddy. Don't worry about today's cartoons. Let me put on some of the cartoons <laughs> that I used to watch. And then you'll find out very quickly that uh, Looney Tunes was terrible. Yeah. Uh, racist, uh, violent, uh, vulgar. Uh, and you're like, whoa, 
How did my parents let me watch this? It was. Uh, well, and especially if you go on YouTube, because the most popular ones on YouTube are, have you ever seen this really terrible Bugs Bunny cartoon that is not appropriate anymore? So those will automatically pop up. Like if you if you put on your favorite Bugs Bunny cartoon, might still be appropriate. But then what you do is you leave the room and it starts generating like the next Looney Tunes cartoon. They get worse and worse and worse. And YouTube has 10 million views on the ones that are like, oh, my God, I can't believe them in this new cartoon. Uh, you also, if you go on the internet, I see that you're already doing your search. Oh, I did. I actually already just searched Looney Tunes blackface. Yeah. And that was a shot in the dark. I don't even know. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah there was there. Uh, no question. And then, uh, Bugs you- Bunny in blackface. Why don't we cancel his ass? Uh, ah! why can't I cancel him? It doesn't matter. It was his past free game, right? It doesn't matter when it happened. <sighs> I don't know. It's not like he's grown up or learned other things or possibly become more tolerant as a sentient cartoon character. I want him gone. Yeah. Let's get that. What does that do to Space Jam? That's right. You canceled Space Jam? I, I might. A little, little disappointed in LeBron for partnering up with that guy. Doesn't oh, he know? Oh, that's right. We can cancel LeBron through that. How insensitive LeBron, LeBron James. LeBron's support and Michael Jordan. That's right. They both support Bugs Bunny that's and right. his terribly racist past. Mm. Now, do I hate Michael Jordan for possibly supporting racism through, through Bugs Bunny? Through yeah. Bugs Bunny. Or is it the gambling? Well, no, no. It's the Bugs Bunny connection. Uh, I don't know. Pull up, pull up very quickly a list of uh, Disney movies that are no longer available. All right. Song of the South, I think, uh, probably one of the more offensive among them. There are a Racist lot. Disney movies. Yep. Okay. Wasn't Aladdin racist? Uh, I don't know that it's been deemed racist yet, but I'm sure it probably was. Because they, it, well... They went and remade The Lion King because too many white people voiced characters in the uh, in those movies, in yes, the original yes. movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyway, there is there is a always oh, Aladdin on the list. Did it make the list of racist Disney movies? Uh, now it did. It's number three on bestlife.com. Oh, there you uh, go. Yeah. The 10 most racist, racist Disney movies. They say that it's uh, damaging depictions of Arab culture. There you go. Yeah. So there, there's, there's that. There's, there's also the ones that they just no longer publish. You, anyway, what you do is you go back through all of these cartoons that you watch when you're a kid, mm-hmm. and either realize that you're like, oh, these were like bad from a cultural standpoint, or a misogynistic standpoint, or a whatever. Uh, and then you go into the thing where you're like, wow, but they were still good. And then you pull up things and you go, oh, no, they weren't. There's like seven cartoons available to us. And they were on when the three networks decided that they were on. And that's where Fat Albert lived was, uh, you know, somewhere in the realm of like, hey, if you're watching Saturday cartoons, you just got done with Heathcliff. Guess what's on now? Fat Albert. <laughs> yeah. And nobody's mad at that. So I don't know. It was necessarily that everybody was like, this is my go to cartoon. Wasn't a ton of choice. It was I like this one as much as I like the other ones, or I like this more than I like, you know, Garfield. Why doesn't his mouth move when he talks? That's just weird. But yeah, I don't I don't think people were going, all right, in the universe of cartoons mm-hmm. that I have to select from, which is a reality today, yes, that Fat Albert would be a first choice. I don't know that it's endured. There's not a there's not a place on some cable network that plays 24-7. Fat Albert because it was such a great show. Where, uh, let's be honest, there was there, eh, like the Simpsons. Simpsons on full repeat anytime you want it. 
Now, the Little Mermaid clocks in on this list at 10. Okay. And I'm I'm racking my brain. I'm like, so the very hell? Very offensive to mermaids. Well, some have taken offense to it's, Sebastian's yeah, stere- the stereotypical Jamaican accent. Well, wasn't the crab from Jamaica? Is know. that in the no, plot? I believe he's from Under the Sea. <laughs> under the Sea. A <laughs> uh, bigger point of contention, though, is a shot of the Duke of Soul, a blackfish who is depicted in a way that resembles historically racist imagery in uh. Under the Sea. <laughs> so <laughs> that whole bit is pretty racist, huh? I, I, according to according to betterlife.com right, yeah, yeah yes, it's not yes. you and i calling out well betterlife.com has completely opened my eyes because there's all these movies i wouldn't have thought now pocahontas i do understand why that's racist but fantasia apparently is racist fantasia oh, lady I, and the tramp is racist against italians <laughs> like no where, i'm thinking like where's the <laughs> perhaps <laughs> it's going to be between Oh, man. Wait, you what, know what? Wait, what? No, seriously. Tell me why Lady the I need to All know right, why Lady it. the Tramp see. is racist. Much like the Aristocats. Yeah, apparently the Aristocats also racist. Well, yeah, against French people? Uh, no, it features Siamese cats uh, with oh. uh, similarly racist imagery and stereotypical but, accents. But they're only Siamese, if you please. <laughs> Matt, no? Like, it's I up think to you're you. contributing to the problem. Right <laughs> now. I didn't do the accent. I was just saying, like, they're giving you the option. Like, if we're leaving it up to you, it's if you please. Right. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're not demanding that they're Siamese. Like, we need you to acknowledge us as Siamese. They're very polite about it, if you please. Mm. Now, you are a watcher, probably not by choice of Disney Plus, right? Because you have your kids are six now, right? Five, five, uh, six in November, but six in November, yeah. but they're, they're, they're now at the point where they can watch something and it makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like they, they requested the other night to watch the final episode of Boba Fett of all things. Like huh? they're, they're, they're fully into the, uh, the star Wars, Jurassic right. park, uh, Marvel canon. Oh boy, kids love it. Kids love dinosaurs, man. Oh, there is no question about that. I have, uh, I have one daughter. Of the two, probably 75% of her wardrobe is adorable uh, dinosaur shirts. Oh. Yeah. She's got a Jurassic Park backpack. We went to the uh, Twins game. Minnesota Twins played the Mariners on Wednesday was the uh, day game. We went up to uh, to Mariners ballpark. The Twins shirt that she picked out out of the options was a Stegosaurus throwing off the pitcher's mound. So it says Twins on top. In a twins hat, a stegosaurus chucking a baseball. And she That's wore, just badass. Yeah. I mean, listen, kids love dinosaurs. Uh, we talked about this last week. Ryan Buckley sat in your chair and did a very, very eh, job uh, filling in. Like, Did he fart in it? Of course he did. Yeah. Why would he not? Uh, it was on your list of things to do to fill in for Will Darkens. Oh, that's right. I so, did. Yeah. Anyways. Uh she, this same daughter told me uh, that uh, she knows what she wants to be when she grows up. Oh, my gosh. She wants to be a genius at dinosaurs oh. so she can help bring them back to life. I mean. That's what she wants to be when she grows up. A genius at dinosaurs. That's come on. Kind of. I mean, okay. My, I'll accept that one. That's actually a very realistic little kid dream. Dude, you know, most of them are like super sweet one. Yeah. Most of them. It's like, I want to be like, uh, I want to be mega man. Yeah. Or like, I want to be, uh, I want to be a dinosaur. 
right. Yeah. I want to be a dinosaur, which is probably one of my favorite parts of uh, of the movie Step Brothers, where their dad says, uh, uh, it's a speech at the end, and he goes, I had to give up on my dreams. I, I used to walk around in our yard acting like a dinosaur, and I told myself, I'm going to go to medical school, but then I'm going to come back and I'm going to do this. And both of them are like, you can't even be a dinosaur. It's not possible. And I thought you were going to say your daughter was like, no. oh, I want to be a dinosaur. Nope. She wants to be a genius at dinosaurs. So. Well, that's pretty cool. So she's going to be John Hammond pretty much. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. She, she, they, they had a long discussion about it and then they got to the point where they're like, they're like we, we need to figure out how to make dinosaurs. And this is two five-year-olds and they settled on the best way forward is to watch Jurassic Park a bunch of times and then they'll figure it out from there. I'm like, all right. Well, I mean, they will get the general point. I, yeah, the, I mean, the it, book it, goes more. You should give them ooh, the Michael thanks. Crichton book when they can read a little bit. Actually, Michael Crichton's a, a poo-poo writer. So you could just, you can, they can read it now. And they'll get even more scientific information. Well, there you go. And then one of them needs to be a uh, a, a, a lawyer or an entrepreneur so you can sell the idea. Then you go to an island and then... I mean, I I, I think that's their plan is you invite to, Sam Neill. to set up their childhood so that in adulthood they can uh, just go ahead and create the chaos that is the Jurassic Park uh, movie canon. But wouldn't you be proud of that, like, if they did that as a debt? Like, when you're real old and, like, you know, they're in the prime of their life doing that and, like, Am I going to be creating... real old when they're in the prime of their life? I'm going to be old. I'm going to be real old. Well, they're not going to be in their 20s doing this. I, I hate to break break. Oh, well, your... I understand. Yeah. I mean, but, they're uh, going to probably they... be 30s, sure. possibly heading on 40s. Yeah. You will be an older person. I'll be, I'll be old, but I'll be in my mid-60s when they hit their 30s. I was 35 when they're born, so I'll yeah. be 65. I'll be close to retirement age. And if in the 30s, they're on that path yeah. to being high-powered dinosaur lawyer yeah. and genius at dinosaurs, mm -hmm. I'll be sitting pretty with uh, you know my kids taking care of me. I'll be able to retire. I'll go and like just consult on the construction of Jurassic Park because, listen, <laughs> I've watched it a few times too. I'll be like, you know, we should put the Jeeps. Uh, <laughs> we shouldn't put them on the tracks. Feel like that gives us less agility. Yes, because the dinosaurs will get away and we will not be gonna, able to run. It's going to happen. It's going to get ugly. So, yeah. There you go. But, yeah. Well, I don't know what we're talking about. Uh, the cartoon thing. Now, you oh, made yeah, a sure. good point because you said, like, oh, you're going to show cartoons. Like, I'm going to show my kid cartoons I used you're to like, watch. You're like, I love the Animaniacs. Here. Yeah, see, I'm not even really at that point because the one I would show that quite possibly might still be on would be SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, yeah. And there SpongeBob you go. has yet to younger. get canceled. I don't think. Now, it had one controversy, which is that um, Patrick and SpongeBob are gay with sure. each other and Obviously. are in a passionate relationship, which I'm fine with, and I would explain to my son in full detail. I couldn't explain how they make love, but I could just kind of – Gloss now, over those details. Now I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I know that theory. But I'm thinking. I've watched a few episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants recently. Mm. But I was a little bit. I'm. I still am a little bit older than you. But I was a little old for SpongeBob. So I don't. I never really took to it as a uh, as a uh, regular viewer. Yeah. But in the few episodes that I watched recently, I think in every one of those episodes, at one point. Either Patrick ends up inside of SpongeBob or SpongeBob ends up inside 
a pet, like they'll open each other's mouth or yeah. ears and they climb into one another. I don't know that it is in a, uh, a lovemaking fashion, but it it's a weird relationship. What do you mean? That's making love. I don't know how sponges and starfish make love, but who, who are you to claim how SpongeBob and Patrick want to express their love with each other on a, tel- a children's TV show? Usually, it's well the one that I the one that I have vividly in my mind. Patrick was just trying to escape something that was scaring him, so he opened up uh, uh, SpongeBob's mouth as if he was you know going like into a uh, you know into the trunk of a car. <laughs> And then he just climbed in there to get away from whatever it was that was scaring him. Some large fish or shark or like, uh, I don't know what it was, but like for some reason, gravity yes. works and it's they don't really swim. And it's like a, a fish that looked like a lion, but it walked on the ground. It, it's just weird. So I think I've been proven wrong because now there is a writer coming out. This uh, woman, her name is. Oh no, she's a professor. Oh, perf- ooh. Oh. Is it, I assume this is not on the fan text line. If it's a professor, there's a professor texting in right oh. now. Oh, it is Good. that one professor that's always correcting yeah. our grammar. Yes, yes. <laughs> what a stupid. <laughs> professor Holly M. Baker believes SpongeBob's home in Bikini Bottom refer- refers to Bikini Atoll. Yeah. Where natives were relocated by the U.S. government for nuclear testing. Is there nothing we can do that's not somehow racist? Wait, what? Like. So now, now it's racist? Well, yeah, that's right. Ra- apparently that's racist and offensive. It's going that we, we tested bombs there and now there's all these mutant creatures that yes. live there. Oh, I see. Yes. I see. I'm picking up what you're putting like, down. Dude, I am fearful that even the most mundane and boring of things that I could suggest could be construed as perhaps racist. Yeah, what? And I'm all on the train for stopping racism. But at the same time, I don't want to say that I'm going to new seasons to pick up X and people are like, well, you know what? In the history of this, yeah, they did that. Yeah. Heretofore, Will, insanely racist. Yeah, like the fact that you bought like... Uh- you bought like one of the frozen Thai food dinners and Pepto Bismol at the same time and makes you racist. Did you know that back in 1947? <laughs> like, whoa! Uh, no, that's offensive to Thai food that you had to buy the Pepto in the same car. Oh, You're like, my right. wife had an upset stomach. It's not that the Thai food gives me an upset stomach. It's just that it, it could. Um. All right. So you, oh. we we've kind of overcorrected past the uh, the point of cancellation. Like, who was the last person to be canceled and canceled hard? Will Smith. Yeah, he slapped a guy in the face during a live telecast. He kind of deserved it. But, okay, <laughs> is he canceled? Let's, yes. okay. No. Will Smith is canceled. Okay. Is he canceled? He, I, he was literally thrown out of the academy because that was some ridiculous behavior at their biggest award show. Are people not watching Will Smith movies? Is he no is he no longer employable because oh, mm. because of something that was dug up on him or because he literally went up and slapped a dude? Um I think it's both. Yeah, but like okay, okay. Okay, here's a here Let me frame this a different way okay. for you. Is what he did Different than the last time somebody went up and slapped a presenter at the Oscars. I think that was back in 04, right? Yeah. Like that, it was, it was unprecedented violence on live television. 
during a very, very civil ceremony. Like, there's been other moments. Now, like, the other people getting canceled, there's a bunch of people that came to their defense going, this was always fine back in the 70s. Like, nobody did that in the 70s. Yes, people were misogynistic and terrible and predatory and whatever. Like the the cancel culture has taken to the point where I yeah. think we canceled so many people and it got to be for like whatever we could find that yes. I don't think it's happening at the same rate. I guess that is my point. So I, maybe a, I'm wrong. Yeah. And maybe I'm just, you know, blind to it. I've canceled blindness. Now, is there a cutoff? Like is a it, statute of limitations? Yeah. Is there like a year where we quit being like so racist in media that like we can't really dig up too much? Eh. Like I know that. American media still today has inherent racist traits that it communicates to people, whether it be deliberate or not. But like, is there a year where we can just say, all right, everything after this, you're good. Yeah, I don't know about that. But see, that was a weird thing about cancel culture was it was like, like every day it felt like there was like, dude, we just went back and we found out 30 Rock had an episode where somebody wore blackface. (laughs) Which is true. And so what? The, no, really? Yes, in, in 30 Rock. And so that episode no longer available, like, in the whole episode. Uh, if, like, if you watched the full series of 30 Rock. Oh, weird. So you, okay, right. So they dug what that up. What is that? Tina Fey had to go out and apologize. And they, they and it's now scrubbed from, like, the Netflix, uh, you know, uh, binge series, right? Yeah. But yet, like, Jimmy Kimmel's Carl Malone... Nobody's really upset about. So what happened was it was like everybody wanted to go back and punish everybody for anything that they did that is now deemed offensive. And they went back and they went like scorched earth, took out all these people. But then they went, but this one's fine and that one's fine. And so because it wasn't distributed evenly, they kind of went, all right, let's just stop digging up stuff in the past. Hey, can we all agree? Let's not do blackface moving forward. And everybody kind of went, yeah, all right, that seems fair. And now we're in a better place. So... We uh, we did mature as a society. Is everything fixed? No. Are there some you know past uh, indiscretions that uh, that we can't change? Yeah, and I think we all live with that. I think that's where we are now. How yeah. does uh, blackface just not get like shut down immediately in a pitch room? Well, because like this, ha- I'm looking at this episode of Thirty Rock. Like yeah. they leaned in, dude. I oh, mean, yeah. it's not just one scene. There are many scenes yeah. where uh, one of the actresses is. Is wearing it like, like what did happen in the pitch room? They're like, all right, here's the idea. She's gonna be in black. All right, stop. Well, again, <laughs> stop again, again. In 2022, <laughs> it's very easy to see that. What 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 year was that episode uh, broadcast on network television on one of the most popular shows by one of the most acclaimed writers, actors, uh, producers of the uh, of the time? I mean, it was late 2000s. Yeah, I th- I think we were yep. there. No, right? I don't. Um, Word? Dude, this is not this is not <laughs> this is not an FX after dark show. This is not Ooh. adult swim trying to sneak in. This is not family guy going for shocking, but this was a prime time mm. when television still had prime time uh weekly comedy series and it and nobody nobody had any outrage at the time uh that I know of. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. You wanna talk know, some man. you wanna talk some sports? Uh, yeah, no, I'm up for that. It's been two weeks since you've been here. You told me the last time you and I did a show that the Celtics would 
Roll. Oh, I saw this coming. It was right after game one. I saw this coming. Right. The Celtics are the better team. It's going to be a bloodbath. Still are. Steph Curry's terrible. Leaning in. All right. You're leaning into that. All right. We'll get Will's, we'll get Will's thoughts first. Well, you're going to have to etch out quite a bit of time. Well, you know what? I will do a a constrained version of my Golden State rant. Oh, you want the, you want to start with Golden State? Yeah, because not... I'll just get it out of the way. It'll be very fast, and then we can actually talk about stuff that's meaningful. Golden State rant next. Sin and Saint, 1080 The Fan, and Odyssey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my word. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I wipe the chrome off with the dust cloth for a bus off. What's the cost? Life lost. Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkens on 1080 The Fan. That's right, it is Luke Anderson, Will Darkens, uh, in that order. <laughs> oh, top billing! That's right, that's me. Uh, all right, well, Warriors win the NBA championship. It was a couple days ago. It's over. It's over. The Warriors have won now four championships in eight years. Uh, they bookend now the uh, very disruptive uh, KD uh, era uh, by winning championships now twice without him. They don't need Kevin Durant. Their greatness. Well, you, uh, you've prepared a small rant about <clears throat> these Golden State Warriors that you'd uh, like to have a little time. So, uh, sir, I, I seed... Uh, to you, rant away. Get it up here. Uh, okay. First of all, just fourth title in eight years. Can we all quit just trying as hard as we can to create a narrative about a franchise that so pathetically needed Kevin Durant after winning the most games in an NBA season because they lost to LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love? Okay, there you go. So there's one part. Uh, <laughs> 
Second part, I love the statistics uh, during the finals where they conveniently, for some reason, I don't, I don't know why, but would continue to bunch together the amount of finals wins that Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry had compared to other trios, say your Tim Duncan, Manu uh, Ginobili, Tony Parker, Tony Parker your yeah. um, Rodman, Jordan, Jordan Pippen. Yeah. And, you know, of course, left out the fact that you had, um, you know, three years in that span where you um, uh, had Kevin Durant, right? So one of the greatest scorers ever. Yeah. Um, So there was that. There was also the idea that, uh, you know, Clay Thompson played a big part in this like people kept like Ooh, don't putting, forget that closeout game against yeah. the Mavericks 32 that's unstoppable. right that's right yeah that's right you know what though Clay Thompson as washed at, up he is I mean come on. at no point did I find him to be a liability out there uh defensively or offensively uh, listen he was quite he, a few missed shots I understand. No, I understand really that, but, matter, it, wasn't, but yeah. it wasn't like good that guy. There was yeah. never a point where I was screaming at the television, "Good that guy out of there! He's yeah. over the hill and he's done." He 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 just he kind of sat back and just rolled along and you just kind of go, "Oh yeah, Clay's still out there." Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's still on the team. He didn't, but he didn't. There are some guys like there were points during that series where Draymond had a big negative impact on the game, yeah. and there were points where he had flashes of of old Draymond Green. But Clay Thompson, I was kind of like, "Oh yeah, he's still out there." Yeah, and you know what? I, I mean, I think what um, – here's the one bright spot I do want to point out is Andrew Wiggins. Boy, what a career turnaround for that guy. Now, do you remember the days of Riggin for Wiggins? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, dude, he was the transformational recruit. He was your uh, big ticket. He was your LeBron James. He was, he was touted as that. Oh, dude, Andrew Wiggins was a BFB. Now, as he got to college and people saw him at Kansas, they, it cooled off quite a bit because they were like, yeah, I mean, he's good and he's a physical freak, but, you know, there's not a lot of shooting here going on. But Andrew Wiggins came into the NBA, I think, as a number one pick for the Timberwolves. He was. Well, no, he wasn't. He was a number one pick by the Cavaliers oh, who traded, traded him immediately yeah. to Kevin Love. Okay. But what I remember about that is it was there's two guys and it was Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker. Yeah. Cause you have to remember Joe Embiid was three in that draft. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the thing that always sticks out to me was like, it was like, man, either one of these guys is going to change the fortune of your franchise and who's going to be the number one pick. And those two guys were going to have, mm-hmm. you know, one of those great careers and, I'd have to check the year because I don't know if it's the same year, but it kind of felt like the Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. Like, which one are you going to take? But both of these guys are uh, yeah. destined for startup. I have to check and see because I think it was 14, right? Yeah. That Wiggins was drafted. Yeah. I wonder if it's the same year because it's got to be close, right? Was yeah, that? Uh, but it was it was been, yeah. two can't miss. Joe Ryder Parker no longer playing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And then Andrew Wiggins was immediately traded after being drafted because LeBron James was like, dude, I'm not playing with this guy. Right. So it just, they certainly didn't fit the narrative. But anyways, I, I get what I appreciate about what Andrew Wiggins did was he had a full career, like, uh, how do I put this? He had a full career kind of coming to Jesus. Because yeah. really, man, I mean, when he came into the league, it was a BFD. It was a big time deal. The LeBron James trade, you are correct, or the Cavaliers trade that LeBron James pretty much facilitated. Uh, you are correct. That was something, but that was also something that was 
It had nothing to do with Andrew Wiggins, quite honestly. Well, but it, it had no, everything but, to do with I need Kyrie Irving here immediately. Well, no, Kyrie was Kevin Love. Kevin I need Love. Kevin Love yeah. here immediately because I need to make a big three. That that was yeah. what that was. So 2014 was yeah. the Wiggins draft. 2015 yeah. was Mariota Winston, but still. So uh, I, I think Andrew Wiggins to me was really the bright spot in all this. But you know, uh, the other part of it too was the eventual conversation that started, which was. Uh, is Steph Curry now like top five player of all time? You know what's funny? You know what's funny? It's I've heard. I know exactly what you're griping about, but I have n- heard no one say that he's a top five. I've heard a thousand I've heard people. A lot. I've but I've heard a thousand people say he's definitely in my top ten now. I just haven't heard anybody try to make the argument that he's top five. I'm not saying that it hasn't existed. And maybe you and I are just kind of missing the beat of it. But yeah, like automatically he's top five. It's John Morant, man. John Morant came out immediately. Top five. Easily. Everybody's like, yeah, top five. Can't play defense. Looked like a middle schooler getting pushed around in the finals. Whoa, 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 whoa. This narrative, that's the funniest thing to me about this whole thing is that this the Celtics did not play well, and they played worse as the series went along. There is zero credit given, and this is why I bring up Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. and this is part of the reason that I brought up Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. They're, they, that is a great defensive team. The Warriors, Besides Steph Curry. No, Steph Curry is a menacing a little pest in, in passing lanes. He ends up... Dude, dude come on. Dude. I'm not saying he's a shutdown on-ball defender because everybody knows that he's not. But he gets into passing lanes, and he is disruptive. And the idea that everybody needs to play defense like Marcus Smart to be a great defender is, is I think, a uh, a, a miss, missed opportunity to give a guy credit for, for who he is. For his size, he plays very good defense. And I and. Listen, you back him down in the post. You listen, but you listen. You back him down in the post. Of course, you're going to score. He gets help every play. Good, every play. You know why, right? Because he's a defensive liability. Yeah. Well, and it it doesn't take away from the fact that he is the greatest shooter of all time. Okay. He is, I would say, top four in terms of greatest scorer of all time. Sure. In fact, I'd bump him up to three. Quite honestly, greatest player of all time. You might crack 10, perhaps. You're probably at more of the 12 to 15 range because of the fact that, again, there's two years where you got to take 10-minute breaks at a time while the other dude put up 40. And the fact that, yes, your defensive rating is right on par with Steve Nash. It's right about there. And, in fact, Steve Nash was just as efficient scoring in some seasons and a better rebounder. Well, but here's here's the thing about about – defense as as mm-hmm. uh, team defense mm-hmm. it requires it requires trusting your team has your back mm-hmm. communicating with your team because you've seen guys that are defensive liabilities but they can't communicate and they don't know where their teammates are going to be like if your only job is go hey if you get on uh jalen brown make him go left that's uh, dude that's all we need you to do and you can make him go left more often than he goes right. Mm. Did you stop him? No. But if you know what your job is and you know what your assignment is, watching a great team defense, sometimes you watch it and you go, 
Dude, this defense is really tough. The Blazers are a perfect example of this. They had good defenders. They went and got Covington. Robert Covington's a great defender. Nurkic is a pretty good defender. You had guys out there that could play defense. The problem was they had among the worst team defense out there. And I don't know who is to blame for that necessarily because when everything is dysfunctional. But if Damian Lillard is a great team defensive player Mm. and his teammates are allowed to make up for his deficiencies. I'm going to give him credit for that. So you, I don't think you can be a terrible defender on the second best defense in the, in the league. I just, I I don't know how you can be like, yeah, they're the second best defense on the team, but if they got rid of Steph Curry, they'd be even better. That's a stupid argument to me. Here's where I will flip that on you. Fine. Golden state, probably one of the better shooting teams in the league. Would you agree? Yeah, no question. So Draymond Green, then, if we're flipping this argument, no, he helps in that, right? Yeah, yes, he's a good facilitator. Uh, Is he not? Mm, does does he not does he mm, not slash and kick the ball out to Clay and Steph? Does, does he it, not miss does twelve shots? Well, sure, yes, Wide but open. But does he take fourteen threes a game and miss nine of them? No, he doesn't. Mm. I think he's a little bit smarter than that. You know how every Draymond three looks. It's him standing at the three-point line going. Wearing a backpack. Uh, but it's kind of. He goes, but, he goes, but he goes, I'm going to shoot it. If you don't come out guarding me, I'm going to shoot it. And he'll do this really slow pump fake. And then whoever's guarding him goes, dude, just shoot it. And he goes, you sure? Because I'll shoot it. And he goes, they go, yes, dude. Like, you just shoot it. And then he goes, I'm going to shoot it. And they're like, all right, dude, just shoot it. And then he shoots it. And he shoots 30%. Like, I'm going to shoot, dude. Like, at some point, if they beg you to shoot it, I don't care if you're wing guy, Will Darkens, man, take a couple of those threes. But most of the three points, three point shots he takes, it's everybody going, dude, we're playing five on four here. There's, we're not giving you any passing lanes. We've got your guy guarding you seven feet off. Dre, just take it. And then he eventually does. You can't fault a guy for that. Is he a great shooter? Mm. No. Mm. But is his team, does his team assist on as many shots as anybody in league history? Yeah, they do, man. They move the ball incredibly well. So, right. yes, I do give Draymond credit for them being a great shooting team. All right, we got to go. Yeah, We're well over. Yeah, well, I'm well aware of that. Now, You're just so impassioned. Yeah, whatever. We'll catch up somehow. Uh, let's do. Uh, let's look at the Celtics side of things after oh. this sports center update. Oh, when you are. Yeah, man. Don't know where it's on. Jamie bless them. Said speed. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. I know that you probably have plenty on the Celtics and their uh, falling apart, uh, their turnover fest that they had. We're gonna we're gonna save that. There's one last thing on the Warriors and Steph Curry that is uh, is driving me uh, absolutely bananas. When people make that top five, top ten argument for Steph, mm. it's it's the idea that Steph is doing things that no other great scorers could have done. The deep threes that Steph shoots, the way that Steph scores is, is so amazing because nobody else could have done that. Steph sits at number 19 on the all-time scoring list uh, for scoring points per game. Okay. Points per game? Points okay. per game. Steph Curry averages on his career 24.29 points per game. Of active players, uh, the only four ahead of him are Damian Lillard, 24.63, James Harden, LeBron James, and a guy named Kevin Durant. Those are the, the four guys ahead of him. Durant, number one, LeBron, James Harden, 
Damian Lillard, then Steph. That's your top five. Uh, then look at the other 18 players ahead of, ahead of him. You have guys like Larry Bird, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Rick Barry, Carmelone. Number one on that list is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, all time, averaged 30.12 points per game in his entire career. When people compare Steph to Michael and go, yeah, but Jordan couldn't shoot three-pointers like Steph does. The only argument that needs to be made is Michael Jordan didn't have to shoot threes like Steph Curry could do. The argument is almost always backwards with that. It, here's the thing. Look at any of the guys on the list and go, none of those guys could shoot like Steph Curry. No, none of those guys had to shoot like Steph Curry. Steph Curry can't do many of the things that everybody else on that list is. The reason that Damian Lillard and Steph Curry shoot from as far out as they do is they kind of have to in today's NBA. If they could run, jump, and score inside like Michael Jordan did on a regular basis, they would have never developed that shot. If they could slash and cross over people like Allen Iverson did, who sits at number seven and still score 26 points a game, they wouldn't have developed that shot. If they could post up like Carl Malone did and get passes from John Stockton and just sit in the middle and score 25 points a game, there's a reason Carl Malone never worked on the 35-foot three-point shot. Can we just end the idea that Steph is doing things that nobody else could do? He's doing things that nobody else tried to do because nobody else was six foot one and scrawny and had to start shooting at two steps across the three-point line to change the game. Yes, he changed the game. Yes, he's great. But the idea that nobody else could have done what he did. Well, and two, can we just shut up about the dude? He just shoots off screens. Yeah, no. That's literally it. No, it's I, no, no, he does. Yes, it is. Okay. He has an interior offense he's, that's pretty good. Dude, he's, that's about it. Go back and watch the finals. It is literally the Celtics incompetence for a game and a half. <laughs> that's what it is. Before that, Steph Curry is getting abused on defense. You know why? Because he's small. Yeah. That's the truth of it. You know why Reggie Miller couldn't be better? Because he was rail thin. And so he had long limbs that allowed for him to have incredible shooting form. Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time. If you defend him either in double team or one-on-one -on -one and you harass him, that guy is about as good as Steve Blake. Yes. <laughs> You want to know how the Cleveland Cavaliers won their title in 2016? Go back and watch the last two games of the Cavs uh, title uh, title in 2016. They literally go at him every play. Yes, and should. when I watch this, when I watch these finals, I go, why are you just giving to the, the ball to whoever Steph Curry's guarding? All he right. can't guard anyone. He can't. Sure. He has to have help constantly, and he gets back down. And, dude, it's not even a contest. Greatest shooter of all time. Top three score out of the top ten in terms of a player. Michael Jordan, nine-time all-defensive player. Sure. One-time defensive player of the year. Do, and and where on the scoring list? He's number one. Yeah. Points per game. I think he's number four points, points per, all points time. Points per game. Too. Yeah. He's number one. So, yes. Yeah. Very nice. Very Congratulations, Steph, on your yeah. second NBA title. Uh, we have to talk about how petty the uh, the Warriors are as well because of the post-game uh, antics of this Warriors team. I was actually kind, I was glad that they won and then immediately regretted that. 
but we'll talk about that in hour two. We'll talk about the Celtics side of things. Uh, we also have to talk about music in hockey and basketball and Ooh, some yes. strange things are going on. Yes. So we'll get into all of that in hour two. But right now it's time for Good versus Evil. So we will do that next. Sinner and Saint, 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. I've been honest and I've been truthful about my stance. Um, and that's, you know, I never forced anyone. I never assaulted anyone. So um, that's what, you know, I've, I've been saying it from the beginning. And I'm going to continue to do that and, and until all the facts come out on the legal side. I have to continue to just, you know, go with the process for my legal team and, and um, you know, the court of law. There's a cute scumbag to Sean Watson. The Washington Post reported this week the NFL will argue the Cleveland Browns quarterback should receive a significant suspension for violating the league's personal conduct policy. Sources saying the league probably will seek a suspension of one full season. Watson faces 24 active civil lawsuits by women accusing him of sexual misconduct during massage sessions. Is this an appropriate response by the NFL? Uh, no, I don't. He's, it, yeah, I mean, he needs to be suspended for a very long time. I think this guy has been told uh, the best advice that he got was uh, if you keep telling yourself a lie, eventually you'll believe it's true. I'm sorry. There are 26 women that have accused you of sexual assault or uh, forcing yourself on them or misconduct or whatever is I don't I haven't read through all the details because the whole thing is disgusting if he actually plays football in the next two years I'm going to be pretty disappointed in the NFL's response to this and I mean there's two more cases that are suspected that are going to go on there the details of the 66 women that he had in 18 months that uh, were used as massage therapist for him the fact that the houston texans uh were helping him secure hotel rooms and uh connections with these women i think the houston texans needs need to be punished i think the whole thing continues to get worse and uh as much as i hate everything the texans did i think somehow the browns need to be punished and the only way you can do that is not letting him play football so it's the whole thing uh, the more it continues on, uh, the more disgusting it is. But if he shows up week one and plays for the Browns, uh, I'm going to be very upset. The question is, is Baker Mayfield worth $18 million, or do you want to wait and see if you can get him for $14 million or $13 million and get the Browns to eat a little bit of that money? That would be such a, a penny-wise pound foolish, as my now-past grandfather used to say. There's a guy whose hair doesn't look right, Nick Wright. With the Panthers still looking to upgrade under center and the Cleveland Browns still looking to get rid of the disgruntled former number one overall pick Baker Mayfield, a deal between the two sides seems, well, kind of sensible. According to senior NFL reporter Albert Breer, Cleveland may be willing to give Carolina half of Mayfield's money just to get him off the books. Is everyone a winner in this situation? I think so, yeah. It gives Baker Mayfield a chance to redeem himself. It gives uh, Matt Rule multiple options at quarterback because they picked up Matt Corral uh, from Ole Miss. They've got Sam Darnold there, so you have 
maybe not a huge drop off from one, two to three. If, uh, if Baker Mayfield is not a great quarterback that everybody suspects that he is, he's never going to play in Cleveland again. So yeah, it feels like a win, win, win. The funny thing that always cracks me up is people like, well, they're paying Sam Darnold X number of dollars. And then they're paying two quarterbacks, $30 million. One of the savviest moves that I can recall in the history of the NFL was the Seattle Seahawks go out and pay Matt Flynn $17 million to play quarterback. And Pete Carroll and John Snyder went, oh, well, we made a mistake on that guy. Play the rookie because he's way better. You can go out and pay a guy and not play him if it wins you football games. I believe they won a Super Bowl. I think they went to a second. I'm pretty sure they went to the playoff nine out of ten years. So, yeah, just because you're paying a guy doesn't mean you have to play him. Give yourself as many options as you can, especially if you're the Panthers and you're the coaching staff and the GM going, do we all need to do something to save our jobs? Yes, quite smart, in my opinion. Favorite story of the week, Spanish resort cracks down on drunken tourism by banning football, that is, of the European variety shirts. So there's People a- are brawling at a Spanish resort because somebody wore a FC Barcelona. Yes, a rivaling and, yeah, football jersey and somebody or was wearing Madri- Real Madrid and then they got into a fist fight. The list of banned clothing includes swimsuits, football kits, and any accessories purchased from street vendors like gold chains or umbrella hats. You can't just remove your kit uh, either as shirtless people will also be refused service. So there's going to be an in- increase in uh, in soccer tattoos. Like- <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh, I just... Like... I, See, this goes back to my whole thing about fandom. Like, I couldn't imagine getting so pissed off at somebody, like, wearing a duck shirt that, like, I would throw fists. Yeah, but he's a jerk. I hate the ducks. But he went to a school that's down the street from mine. Yeah. We lost that one game. I was very disappointed. Uh, yeah, no, I am I am moving further and further away from fandom. It was uh, it was very fun. So I I, I figured uh, my my girls could be twins fans because they are twins, and it seems amusing to me. Like I was like, I'm not gonna make them root for the Mariners because uh, the Mariners are awful. But uh, I instantly regretted. I bought a new Mariners hat in the last uh, few months. So I was like, I was like, ah, oh, the Mariners if they have a good season, that'll be great. Whatever. Oh, they're so razzing bought- you now, are they? No, 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 oh, oh. no, they, they should. My five-year-olds are not uh, big enough sports fans to razz me. But I was like, I was like, man, I should have just used the excuse to start rooting for the twins too. It seems like more fun. And all the there's a handful of twin parents there that were like, yeah, we had twins, so we started rooting for the twins. It seems like fun. But like to be quite honest, I'm kind of of the opinion, like, dude, I don't really need a team. I kind of feel like rooting for the Seahawks is is probably the 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 number one uh, amount of fandom. But I'll be honest with you. The, I started rooting for the Seahawks way more when I got married and my wife is a 49ers fan. Mm. And then when we moved back here, just getting the cable package, you get every single Seahawks game. And the way I look at it is like, I'm probably going to watch one full NFL game every weekend, start to finish. Mm-hmm. And it, especially with kids, I'm like, that's the amount of time that I want to have for to myself on a weekend. So I get three hours. I'm going to watch one football game. Most times the game of the week, uh, you know, is meh. So I'm like, dude, I'm just going to watch a Seahawks game. And I do that. And you watch enough games. It kind of feels like rooting for that kid you went to high school with uh, because you're like, oh, yeah, like, cool. I hope Kevin Love does well this year for you. I'm sure is very much like that. But really, that's how I feel about the Seahawks. If they have a terrible this year this year, 
it is not going to ruin my 2022, 2023. Do you know it's, anyone that is that way? Oh yeah. There's, there's definitely fans. They're just so intense about their team. You know that I am on a Blazers text thread and the amount uh, of the amount of uh, texts that go through oh that just make me shake my head. I've gotten three, four, five texts about a mock draft uh, for this coming week, and I do not uh, participate in this. And I don't know all of the phone numbers and all of the names and faces attached to them, but I think I know all of the people involved. But yeah, I just look at it. And I just I just shake my head. And I, just go, I think it's the delusion part. Well, no, but it's, I mean, it's, it really is delusion. It's like, I've seen a lot because, you know, now the NBA season's over, like a bunch of people have been posting the photo of Damian Lillard holding the, uh, uh, the trophy in front of the rip city sign. Um, okay. I don't know if you know that one. Yeah. It's, it's widely circulated, but like people are posting and they're like, this is the year. I'm like, shut up. No, it's not. Why are you saying that right now? Yeah. Like you were, what if he gets hurt again? What if like half the roster gets hurt again, and then I'm gonna go back to this text and I'm gonna or this tweet and I'm gonna go, oh, remember this was the year? Like, can you temper the expectations well, just slightly? I get being a fan, but oh my gosh, just turn it down slightly. Well, but here here is my thing with sports too, and kind of where where I've settled, and it's not that I'm not a fan of teams, and it's not that I like there's not guys that I root for, whatever. But I'll be honest with you. I wait till the third quarter to decide who I want to win a basketball game. I wait till like halftime to decide who I like wh- what I'm really rooting for in a football game. Like I just put the game on and let's see what happens. That's why the the gamblers uh, that you know are, are dipping their toe in the water. Not like the sharps. If you live in Vegas and you bet on sports or it, you, your life, livelihood is betting on sports, those guys go. You go. Who's your team? They go. What's the line? Like those guys, I actually kind of appreciate those. <laughs> I do. Well, no, because you're you're honest about it. You go, I don't have anything invested emotionally into this. This is a financial venture for me. Go nuts. It's the people that go, I told you they're gonna win. I'm so smart. Like, dude, the best thing about sports, in my opinion, is let's see what happens. Like, let's just sit back and see where this goes. So the idea that it's like, how could you root for the rival team? Let's fight. And that a resort had to make a rule because there's so many fights between rival clubs. Like we think that, that the U S sports fans are the luckiest fans of the world. We're crazy for our sports teams, man. We do not compare with champions league or, or uh Euro league soccer and all of the, the, the century of fandom that these teams have built in where people are shooting darts or throwing darts at opponents, crowds that they're fighting in resorts throughout Spain. It's just, it's, it's absolutely wacky, man. I, I can sit down and watch, I'll watch a world cup when it comes through and uh, I'm not going to go up to the game in Seattle or anything, but I'll watch it. I'll be like, let's see what happens. And if the U S disappoints, I won't be surprised, but if they, if they end up winning some games and if, you know, in my lifetime, the the U.S. men's soccer team makes it to a final. Or imagine if they went, dude, that'd be awesome. Mm. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know hang my hat on it. I was there when it happened, and I'm not gonna be like that's all I need to see to be feel complete in my lifetime. I'm just gonna sit back, see what happens. That's what sports are about. It's fine. Thank you. On that note. Mm. 
the wild predictions that are going for what this means for the Warriors moving forward, what this means for the Celtics moving forward is amazing. You were all in on the Celtics. You have yet to give your opinion on what you saw from them in the mm. NBA Finals. So I want to do that. We also have, uh, count them, three music and sports stories uh, that we need to discuss. We'll do that and more in hour two. Well, we're already in hour two. Hour two, Center and Saint. Next, 1080 The Fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 